Is your phone full of rusty neon sign pics? Do LEDs make your eyes bleed? Then pop in your headphones. And enter a place where the code enforcers can't hear you scream. It all looks easy, but as they say in the trade, it's something any child could do with 20 years practice. Just watch. Just, just, just watch. The bright lights are taking their scientific shape. We're DJ and Allison, and you're listening to Neon Nonsense. Action. <laughs> Clapboard. Clapboard. Fade in, DJ. Hey, Allison. Fade in, Allison. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, like, I don't know, over a year ago when I was like stressing out about this 14 foot long Playland sign that I had to take to Boston. Oh yeah. And you had like leaded 13 mil bullshit and it was awesome. And also ridiculously overwhelming. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's time. The time has come for their glorious return to my email inbox. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> kick, kickstarter request for those of you who are not listening to our podcast in chronological order which is totally fine no judgment here uh, this project here. <laughs> entailed uh <laughs> driving a large constructed sign up to boston it had metal pieces metal channel letters that were like two feet tall which isn't that bad but they had to be like they had to have the channels had no backs. They had to be completely see through. So the neon actually was like skeletally floating inside the channel on top of a long channel that had interior lighting and hand painted uh, plexiglass elements. And it all had to look like it fell down through the ceiling of this room slash bar, which uh, is called the Playland Cafe. And it was the oldest continuously running gay bar in Boston up until I think 19. 19- 94 when they bulldozed the building so the movie is based on the history of that and it's very surreal and um apparently there's some opera involved i can't wait to see it however on the way up uh, i think two units broke or one just stopped working probably because of the fibrillation that i messed up uh and so we scurried around to try and find the closest neon shop And Neon Williams in Boston was the closest. And I, yeah. And um, I was lucky enough to have my first interaction with our guests today uh, at that shop, uh, Nick McKnight. He was lovely and showed me around the shop and was really gracious and helped me fix repumps to Neon units, which was super awesome of him. No, wait. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So um, I'm really grateful. And it kind of started our friendship online and kind of just started sending each other uh, weird neon memes and information online. <laughs> and, and then I, he was one of the first people I thought of when we were all starting to think about who was going to help us build the Neon Guild. So yeah. he has been super, super helpful with a lot of things, but mainly our T-shirts other organizational decision making so we're really happy to have him on the show yeah yeah thank you so much nick for coming on welcome nick mcknight he's a carrot he's a carrots <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having rhubarb, me rhubarb rhubarb <laughs> Thank you so much again for that, Nick. It's really grateful to, for the Neon family. Absolutely. For the win. Yeah. Was that really <laughs> two years ago? It was like right right at the very beginning of me starting my business. And I'm, a, yeah, I think we're almost like getting off. Yeah, maybe it's more like a year and a half now. Yeah, still. Yeah, time flies. But yeah, that was, we, yeah, glad to help. I mean, we, we, we up in Boston know, um, the movie time constraints and what uh issues can happen uh, in the in the in no time so like anything we could do to help to get it right and make it work as fast as possible is always 
always good. How many movies would you say that you work on in like a year at that shop? Um, about uh, well, we do a lot of custom, a lot of custom work for the movies, but then we have a lot of rentals that we have accumulated from old shops or people brought in and abandoned. <clears throat> so a lot of that's all rental stuff. That's perfect for movies like generic signs, like Open and Coffee and uh, Beauty Salon and all that. And so maybe just on the rentals, there's a few few a year, but on the big custom stuff, maybe two two to three a year. Okay. Wow. Yeah, three of them at the very most. I mean, but the two, one or two that we get as definites are, are usually like big, big asks. And yeah. Huge time constraints. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's always like the movie's coming in. We're about to do this, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh no! I mean, it's always a great time, and it's all—it's always great, especially seeing it on, um, seeing the set. We don't always get to go to the sets, but um, the last few we did, we we got to go and, and set it up. So it's really cool and different to see that. That's yeah. Cool. Have you ever been surprised to see your piece in a movie? Like you didn't actually know what movie was for, or do you always know? Um, sometimes I find out way later, but I do end up finding <laughs> I I don't <laughs> ever know like right away. And sometimes mm -hmm. because the movies are like it, it, it the 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 name of the movie isn't this, but it's going as this right now. So and, oh. and then we have to guess on what it is, and then we find out later. Oh, it's actually this. Um, but like for yeah and i was surprised uh some of the stuff we we had to do a very very big rush job for um don't look up the netflix movie a judd apatow movie that came in and we did this huge two two huge window signs for a cafe scene that you barely saw so, <laughs> so it's kind of a bummer and we you know the waiting for it to come out and then you're like all right and i had my family watch it and they were like where is it i'm like oh no it's me <laughs> and i was like oh i see it in the reflection kind of in back of jennifer lawrence but um other than that i mean it's still it's still good you know uh and it looked good we saw the set uh photos of it lit up um outside of that but the movie like um one thing that was really cool to do was tender bar um with uh ben affleck and um who's the director of that george clooney mm. um, we filmed that up in boston um at, I can't remember the bar, but up in North Shore, and we lined the whole th the whole front with a with that says the Dickens, and then some border tubes, and then an awning, and then uh, a blade sign, which we uh, um, aged the glass on that on double sided. Nice. It was really fun. They had a lot of screen time, so it was like really cool to see and sit through that movie. And then we had one that was it. I don't know if you have you guys seen that? No, I'm looking cool. at the picture right now though. It's cool. Tender bar? The, yeah, the tender bar. It says unhappy hour. Yeah, the unhappy oh. hour. That's what I was going to say. I was like, it, it's inside the bar behind Ben Affleck like, the whole time. And I'm like, that's the coolest sign right there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I want to make really one. Good... I want to make another one for my. Yeah, for my absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, this is definitely on the watch list now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. yeah, there's a photo of the Dickens and the like Google. Search. Oh yeah, right on the uh, yeah, it's like, on the poster. poster. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Nice double we, stroke letters. Yeah. yeah, actually, we just did um. Oh, yellow. Yeah, it was clear gold, I think. Nice. Um, and that was yeah, it's really Good fun. Good job, to do George that. Clooney. Yeah, George. Yeah, <laughs> going to see George. Personally. He's got that money. He's got that neon money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah we and then we just did i i don't i really don't know if i can say the name of the movie legally right now but uh a, a marvel movie so soon yeah. and so that was a really fun uh yeah. lining a building with neon and a sign and, and a blade sign but the other one that's coming out this fall it's a christmas movie it's uh ryan reynolds and will ferrell spirited Mm -hmm. like a Christmas Carol kind of spinoff or something, but okay. that's a we did a huge like skyline type uh, neon for like um like a hotel. I can't even remember what it says, but it's huge letters, just all these curves, bunch of clear red, fifteen million. No, yeah, interesting. That's cool. 
Yeah, I wonder, I often wonder who designs the neon because sometimes you can tell. I think there's two different types of signs in movies. It's like you can tell that the company was just like it's either a rental, so it looks like it was probably a sign before anyway, so it looks it looks like it works. But then there's always these signs that like some designer that's never even like really looked at a neon sign closely just kind of drew up and now it's yeah. an, an AI file and now you have to figure it out in some way, shape or form. Um, I'm <laughs> reminded of the neon company in Atlanta. My friend Vivian told me recently they did um, Coming to America too. Oh yeah. And there's a scene in that, and I actually have a plug for my Instagram account. I have an Instagram account of neon movie stuff, and it's called uh, Neon Zoetrope. And every time Jacob and I see a cool neon in a movie, I just snap a picture of it and put it put it up. Because it's actually re- become kind of a cool resource for me, actually. Um, yeah, that's really but, good. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, there's one scene in a really, it's supposed to be a dilapidated kind of uh, southern church. and Arsenio Hall is like dressed up as this old preacher guy and he's like preaching the gospel but behind him is like the worst neon sign I've ever seen in my entire life each individual letter is a unit and the letters are like this big they're like three mm-hmm. inches tall and they're lowercase mix of lowercase and uppercase and it's all in clear blue for some reason and the wiring is bonkers and like it's just and, and like she maintains that that is the designer the designer literally said we want it to look like somebody who doesn't know how to make a neon sign put this up and it's like that doesn't exist you can't make a, no. <laughs> a vacuum yeah. tube you can't make a vacuum tube without knowing how to make a vacuum tube <laughs> yeah come on it's really tough like because yeah I, i'm at the end of that process so the you know, the designers are talking to the owners, which are other designers, and then they, and then they find they get it figured out, and they send us the the first draft or something, and they go, they have an idea of what they think neon is, but so sometimes I have to go back and go, okay, do I make this into what I think should it be, or should does it have to be what they designed specifically? Because yeah. in the in the context of whatever scene, or is it important to that? So it it's always it's always not the correct quote-unquote way to do it right yeah but i mean it's it's enough information to to get there right yeah it just took me completely out i mean not not that i was like being entranced and thought that coming to america too was like real life or anything although (laughs) it it would be it would be amazing if that was the truth um but uh yeah no it was just totally like as a neon person i'm just like oh man that is so really i mean it does actually make me feel a little better that that was like a design choice and not like some movie company just like hiring which tiny tiny little soapbox plug i feel like this is a theme throughout most of our podcast episodes and our work in the real world which is like without the neon maker you don't even know what you don't know about the sign yet like we bring this knowledge that's like okay are we going to design it to look like it's poorly made or do you want it to look great? Because we can do that. Or do you want it to look like it was great and then it it aged exactly. hundred years and yeah, then totally. now it's not great? Because we can yeah. do that too. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll step off my little tiny soapbox. Oh, it's very fair. Yeah, very, very good. good uh... And I think a lot of that. I mean, a segue to like, I think what I love the most about your work, Nick, is. I mean, obviously, the content's really interesting, and I think that your sense of humor in your pieces is really refreshing, and and I I appreciate humor and and art, but the typography, the combination of font choices with your technical ability to, like, hit that font, like, right on, like, um, really technically advanced, like, I don't know, I was looking at your um screaming internally piece mm-hmm. that I love mm-hmm. very much and that is all very tight lettering so I wondered if maybe you could tell us a little bit about like did you get into neon as more on the signage world because I know that you did go to art school so I I just feel like um people who usually go to art school first their their type specifically has like and I am the guiltiest person of this it's a little wonky it's a little wiggly. <laughs> 
and I'm I personally am okay with it <laughs> on my pieces so I just I'm curious um I kind of that's a good question thank you I appreciate that like I try hard um but they um I think I approach it sometimes I approach it the same way sometimes I approach it differently I don't know I come up I come from it with an artistic art, art background in printmaking and painting and a little bit of sculpture but primarily printmaking because it's, it's very similar there's a lot of parallels in that and the backwards patterns and the upside everything um and the way that you draw things out and um get there eventually until you get to the glass bending process but um i but then i got into working as a glass assistant um an artist assistant to steven weinberg about a, a decade ago and as I thought, as a stepping stone, I was like, oh, well, it's glass. Maybe I can get into neon that way because it was, you know, you know, the way it is. And so <laughs> uh, and and so I I got, had this opportunity and I was like, this is awesome. So what we did was a lot of glass casting, uh, clear, 100 percent crystal slump casting. And so grinding and polishing. And Stephen, mm -hmm. got, he got his uh, mark in the quote unquote art world by by means of um RISD and he was Chihuly's first student at RISD and oh, okay um and then he got in the 80s he was big he he huge he was known for the, his cubes and yeah these are great they're, they're beautiful masterful pieces and they're literally exact like the they're 10 you know say like 10 inches 10 and a quarter inch 10 and and an eighth by a 10 and an eighth by a 10 and an eighth and it's hand after it's slumped and there's a lot of things that go into that too and trapping bubbles and everything has to be very precise every aspect of it from grinding the pressure on the wheel to to getting that on the corners you have to bevel that perfectly and then polish it perfectly and and getting that over and over again um and then i i help design some of them and then keep and then just keep keep processing them out not in a production way, but just it, it's it really helped inform the way I do things because um, I approach it. I come into it as an artist, but and I've always thought of it as the difference between an artist and a craftsperson is not really a big, big difference. But the difference is like, you know, the craftsperson knows what the end products is going to be mm. or what, what it should be. The artist doesn't necessarily, but you know, it can change and kind of, yeah. yeah. And I could try to try to meet in the middle in some way. So I think in the bending process, I think that sneaks into it a little bit outside, I love of, the, that. outside of the meeting. And I, I try to hit it like right on the pattern as possible. Yeah. I love that definition, that differentiation between craftsperson and artists. I, I feel like, I think you're right. We have this like perfect intersection where we often know what it will look like at the end but the artist in us can be like actually maybe i wanted to the finished product to have other like squishy elements that all adjust at the very end yeah and then and then you hone it in yeah and then the end product changes but it's but then you still know what the end product is exactly yeah yeah that's fast that's really it's really good oh i really like that yeah <laughs> yeah because like i just i don't know i just really relate to that in my own practice too of like i know what the glass is going to look like but i often don't necessarily have the like mounting or yeah the, the like the complete expression of the idea it can still be a little bit in limbo so i really really like that definition I love collecting my thirst store paintings for the same reason. It's like, I don't like, I just, I just found this really great. It's like, she's like a very droopy lady with droop. She's like just lounging on this couch in the most dramatic way. It looks like she's kind of sleeping, but like she could be like drugged up also. And there's just like this perfect spot on her lap for something. And like, I don't know what it is yet but it's going to be funny. Something funny is going to be in her lap. And there's, and, and like, that's just in my pile now. It's like yeah. in here and it's, it's happening. And I think, you know, I need that in my life so that I can do the other, I can do like, you know, Mary Jo's bakery's logo for my, <laughs> for my, to make money. <laughs> now you need, you need that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I need, it's like, yeah, I love, I love the craft aspect of the, of the signage the signage world it's amazing in it and it, it's yes great, it's, yeah but 
you need something more. I, I need, we need something more. I'll agree. Yeah. yeah, agreed. We need experimentation. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what drew me to it in the first place was having this like really clear, this is what this will be, but always having some kind of flexible squishy component that could change at any minute. Like I could, if either of us chose, we could just take the glass off its current location and turn it into something different. Like, and, and like, like you were saying about rentals and things, even, even a sign shop might not recognize that component in what they do. They could literally repurpose someone else's bent glass to something completely new. And the new expression stands just as true as the original and I think it's so cool and I just feel like it's not something that other art forms are well suited for too absolutely um that what you said brought to mind uh maybe I can't remember the artist's name but they kind of like Lisa Schulte her, her some of her work she incorporates some of the some signage and then creates a new new sculpture with it or um there's nicholas something or cruise i don't know i could be wrong but uh he, looking at the it. big installations with mm. yeah like the moma and you know what i'm talking about where they, i think so yeah they're 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 hung they're they're hung all across the gallery with other components too but it's um i don't know his name but yeah taking that t taking it one step further and kind of re revitalizing it in a way or just mm -hmm. Um, reuse, I mean, reusing it in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, for me, it was like being able to learn a, a craft, learn this like kind of rigid experience and then express it in a new way, however we all see fit. Cause I think that's the kind of the fun in it and how we get to all put our sort of signature on the pieces that we create. I just, I just find that interesting. That's my favorite part of it with art like signatures i'm t mm. uh, i looked up uh copywriting when it came to artist signatures because mm. at first I, wa I wanted to i was like what if i took P picasso's signature or warhol's signature and i made you know a bunch of them and can sell them you know as as sculptures or pieces and so i was looking up copyright and how that works with artist signatures and apparently you can't copyright your signature you yeah. can't copyright handwriting either. Yeah. Right. Which is, but yeah. I mean, handwriting, yeah. Handwriting, I, I know would be harder, but I feel like your signature, it's your signature, wouldn't you think? You well, like, I think you can trademark it, but you can't copyright it, yeah. which are slightly different and each have their own types of protections. Like, this is so stupid, but like um, Target literally trademarked the phrase, can I help you find something? So you can trademark pretty much anything, but you can't always copyright it. It's just a little bit of a blur there. Yeah, there's so much stuff. I think neon is like special for me as a like, I don't know, the older I get, the more I like kind of calling myself an assemblage artist because I've started to like not just work into two dimensions. And um, I feel like I'm hyper focused on where all materials come from. Uh, based on a professor that I had who is very, very, very adamant that we use and be aware of where all of our materials are mined when we were doing metalsmithing stuff. And um, so I feel really good being able to take something that is either at a thrift store or maybe broken or literally in, down in the garbage and then finding a way to bring that back into like an, an economy that values neon and values artwork so that that piece and that material and that labor that went into that material mining even if it's a piece of like a target painting or something yeah. you know the canvas came from somewhere the ink came from somewhere someone stretched it on a board yeah so that that for me is what really is like I think uh keeps me going for, for me with the series that I'm currently working on it's like yeah neon is so valuable to people in our zeitgeist of, of a western world and american uh culture that it can really bring an object back from the brink of like garbage heap. yeah um i've seen it and i do it all the time what we don't operate in a vacuum but i'm <laughs> then we should trademark that you should, yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> 
you made a good point, DJ. I, I think that like when I look at your work, kind of reminds me of I think what you're doing is kind of what like pushing off of what uh, Rauschenberg was doing, and is like taking taking these materials and then and adding them together in, into this assemblage to to bring focus on on the other uh, other um, materials to create an, either new contacts or bring bring focus onto those older um, older materials like the goat and the and the tire and the yeah bicycle, you know something like that but um or Duchamp <laughs> I mean, yeah. no I mean yeah I yeah. love I love assemblage I love these um yeah like Rauschenberg's um like collage like image transfer pieces are so cool. oh, those are one of my fa- some of my favorites yeah yeah um yeah. but yeah it's like yeah it's the juxtaposition of objects together mixed with what our brains do when we see them is, yeah. is really interesting which yeah. is actually kind of a, a good accidental plug segue for me for a quick second uh one of the people i'm co-curating an october show with makes non-neon but assemblage pieces and he's been doing this really cool thing where he's been layering different shades that react and respond to 3d glasses so you look at this like smorgasbord gloop of a piece and then you put on the 3d glasses and it gives you this multi-dimensional like 3d experience and it's really interesting because you're already looking at a 3d piece but then you also have the 3d glasses on and you get like images that actually become 3d at you which i'm just describing 3d but it's really cool yeah it's just i love it because i've i too have found another assemblage artist in my life who makes cool work and um yeah i just want to keep promoting other cool artists yeah i also feel like assemblage artists get like you know they get put down as folk artists or Mm. uh, now they're calling you know those types of artists visionary artists which is great um and i think that a lot of those people tend to be you know either below the poverty line or at poverty line or i think there's a lot more of it um like museums to folk art and stuff i think more in the south which i i really do love about where i live um mm. there's a guy in well he's passed away now but his name was wallace simpson and he made just in his own yard in his own time would make these enormous whirly gig fans that will will uh, animate the, it's so one will be like the wind will fly and all these things it's like a like a one thing affects another thing and then a cow will be milk so a guy will be milking a cow or a guy will be on a bicycle or these two guys will be sawing wood and it's just all powered by the wind and they've taken he's passed away and they took all of his sculptures that he made in his little plot of land in the in rural Wilson and they've taken them all downtown and they built this whole whirly gig park about it and it's absolutely Amazing. delightful and it's like I I feel like the older I get the more I believe the art should be like public like that and like absolutely some sort it's of purpose a, it's such a bummer when you I mean it's great that they did that but it's such a bummer when they do it. they're like oh this guy died his work was good let's do something exactly. like oh good well okay <laughs> yes that does happen certainly does happen but that that was not the case with this guy he was very popular no, I guess there's, there's a lot of exceptions right but, but yes i mean that art. is like you know you gotta die to make money in the art world right yeah and admittedly that's why i shared my friends pieces because i realized we're really drawn to art that exists that wasn't really brought to our attention until the person passed away and so i love thinking more about living artists and how we often forget them do you so. know the artist wayne white I can't say that I do. He did a, a documentary a couple years ago now. It's called Beauty is Embarrassing. It's one of my favorites. I show it. I tell everyone who's having like a bad day to find that documentary and watch it. It's he was the person who did all the puppets on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, and he knew nothing about puppets. He was just an art school guy from Tennessee, and he curses a lot. He's got a delightful accent. He's he's from California now. He's married to one of the Simpsons. Um, the original Simpsons uh, writer or like illustrators, but um, yes. he he does all these wonderful thrift store paintings, and then he'll paint these beautiful words inside of them. One of them is my my favorite is like 
these three dogs and they're they're hunting dogs and they're pointing at something off frame and he just painted the word LSD all around them. I love his work. I I just looked it up. It's amazing. It's so good. And he he has these cardboard sculptures that he makes, these cardboard puppets of of Western stars. And I just, he's so out of this world and he's had such an unconventional career and kind of just does whatever he wants to do. I just, I've always really looked up to his his trajectory as an artist. Absolutely. Pee Wee's like the best show ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's people like Wayne that really... That really prove that it's like there's there's not one way to do things, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can make funny work and still. Like, that's the other thing that I love about his work is that it's hilarious. It's always funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the art world really poo poos to use an Eve Hoyt term, <laughs> poo poos the uh the the humor in and laughing at stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like it's it's tough to. That's why, like in my work, I try to toe the line instead of I don't know sometimes I just go screw it I'll go go there or not or but it's I try to work in a lot of metaphor and and writing with like the poetry and stuff but I but it is tough to toe that line and walk on the edge of of some because because the artwork does quote poo poo the (laughs) um, (laughs) it's not that I don't know if it doesn't take it seriously it's it's not but then you see some of the work that's like that that's humorous completely on purpose just out of whimsical and there those are also in in major museums and and parks and stuff and it's just it's tough it's uh it's a weird weird thing but there's also red tape and money involved in some of that stuff so and who you know absolutely yeah i could see in america that there's like especially with public art which is a little outside of the neon, but th- that that's included too. But um, they're very conservative with that stuff and like murals and and public art in general in America, which is kind of weird because you look at uh, different countries that have all these amazing, beautiful, funny murals all over the place, and they're like, "That's awesome! Why can't we do that here?" And it, it, I think it's just all the you know red tape and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a people people are. Poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the episode is, title. People are poo-poo. People are poo-poo. Poo-pooing the people. Um, this is not the nonsense, the official nonsensical question, but it is a question <laughs> that I will would like an, a brief answer to, and we can put links into it into each one of us. What is your favorite mural that you've seen in your travels? It could be local. It could be. Ooh. Okay. We'll we, might, some... we might have to uh, put some game show music in yeah. here for a second while we all think about it. Yeah, yeah. This there, I got. I might have to look it up, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't travel that much. Um, but honestly, where where I am now, the mo- some of the murals here are the most gorgeous murals that I've seen. One of my favorites is probably oh, there's one in Providence. By artist name B. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Their name uh, B E Z T Best. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a guy uh, sitting on a table. The cloth has this. It's just uh, the light is hitting it perfectly. It's these diamond um, tablecloths with his hand with his hand out, and he's got a he's throwing. Oh yeah, t- that's great. It's like one of, the, and it has that bare the bare brick behind it too. It's just. It's simple, but it's it's not. It's very com- complex. It's probably wow, yeah. The shirt folds are really impressive. The folds, I yeah, I'm always very impressed by shirt folds. <laughs> yeah, like the fabric <laughs> is. It looks like fabric, and yeah, that's great. I always because I I mean neon has taught me a lot of patience, but with um, it, in when I used to paint more, I used to try to do so much, and I I'm so impatient with folds and doing layers. <laughs> and I just I gave up yeah <laughs> okay I think I can't think of my most favorite but one that I realized that I like is when we were in Paris in 2017 there was this hilarious I'm gonna call it a mural it was definitely just a taped up poster and I'm gonna show it to the people who are here right now it says Robert De Miro and it's uh Mito's work Oh, inside cool. of a mural. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> like Juan, Juan Mito's piece and it says Robert DeMito. <laughs> There's nothing better than a pun. 
yeah and that's the thing is like again back to the silly and the fun i feel like i I just love what you were saying about like trying to toe the line between serious and interesting and i i just want to implore all people who create do have fun play be silly like your signature pieces don't always have to be serious or rigid they can be silly and fun and i like I, that's what I love to do is I just love to make people respond to a piece. Like it could be laughter, it could be disgust, it could whatever it is, make something that makes people react or feel something. That's and that's kind of a weird, you know, you know that thing that goes around social media a lot. That's like, uh, people don't you, you don't want people don't want nice you know home goods decor make you know they want weird be weird get get yeah. weird you know that kind of thing but yeah then, but then. But then a lot of times they do want boring, like, uh, but, yeah. but a lot, but then I don't know, maybe I see a lot of, maybe it's the people that I know and myself, like, I like weird stuff. I like to collect like the, like a lot of bones and, and, um, like, <laughs> a lot of bones, medical, like, <laughs> quack, the quackery and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Make art. That's like that, you know, yeah. that's, I love that. Well, I feel like that's that's kind of a misunderstanding in the world too, is like, they're exactly, I feel like you hit the, the nail on the head there. There are people who just, they want something that feels clean, is simple, and I, to be frank, I think is boring, but they love it. And that's something that's fine for them. So I want to create things that are like maybe borderline or ridiculous. Like I want to put the word fart on a painting or I want to, (laughs) you know, and like I said, we'll we'll find those people. Those people exist and they will find you. And, you know, what's, isn't there like a physics magnetism theory or something? My partner would be very disappointed <laughs> in me for not knowing that, but it's fine. <laughs> not backtracking, but I want to share this one. Let's see. This is my favorite. It's in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. It's a guy, it's an artist named RAO, and they're Belgium, they're Belgian artists. And this is a dead alligator that the tail is going up the stair uh, the outside like uh, evacuation fire staircase, which is really cool. That's so cool. Google dead alligator staircase atlanta because that's what i did and it came right up <laughs> oh you know what i might want to change change my mind <laughs> i mean i didn't do like that piece that i said but um, <laughs> th- this is going way back you know remember the uh the mural artist blue oh yeah. maybe maybe uh, yeah i think so so they they did a lot of like goofy they were in a lot of juxtapose and stuff like that but they the, in like maybe 2006 in the early 2000s they had they did this huge mural, um, and then here's I'm going to show you guys right now. These I think these are it's a guy with a beard with bananas as Aww. his beard. But they they did this one where it was a video. It was and they they did a mural and they erased it and then shot it shot for shot and made it animate. And as mm-hmm. it's like people walking and climbing and all, I love that. That kind of stuff is Stop motion is like the best. If you get one of those um, influencer things where you get like the headlamp or something with the camera on it, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you probably do, do one of those. I have a necklace that actually my phone fits into it and it's, it sits around your neck and it's, it's, it's just, you can tilt it to whatever you're working on. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a piece of garbage. It's like a piece of crap. But it works great for that <laughs> purpose. I got it at five and below. So anybody wants to copy me. Sorry, I got it. Noted. Uh, A little five and below promo. Yeah, they don't sponsor us. They sponsor should. us, please. I also bought my pool noodles there because I use pool noodles to shove onto my the side of my neon frames. Nice. Because they're really cheap and work for Beautiful. packing material. So, like, uh, a lot of my neon frames, like, I don't box them up to sh- take them to galleries. I just kind of, like, I actually stack them. But the way that I stack them is that each noodle, I cut it down the middle so that it's, oh. like, open. Mm-hmm. And you shove it around the corners of the frame. And then that's enough space if you do that for both frames. There's enough negative space in between for the neon to live happily. Brilliant. In its, in its little place. Yeah, my mom totally came up with that plan. That's not mine. Uh, she, she one time she texted me, she was like, What if you tried pool noodles? And I was like, You know what? It's a really good idea. <laughs> and now I have like a absurd amount of pool noodles in my house. Prove it. Send us a photo. I will. 
<laughs> I just want you to post that on our Instagram feed with no context. It's just like the corner with all this neon and your cool posters, and then maybe Vinny on the floor and just this like pile of pool, pool and like noodles. 50 pool noodles. Yeah, but like don't like no hashtags, no description. Just be like, if you know, you know. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll like uh, give them away to people and be like, why do you so <laughs> They come in handy for so many things. They yeah. really do. Easy, easy material um, to cut up and make make whatever you want. Also, good sculptural material if you wanted to do like an easy like parade float type thing. That fun. Actually, also good, also good for. I'm not even. I don't know if those are, but pipe insulation for border tubes. Pipe insulation. Oh. Just stick the border tubes right in it. Pack it over and tape that. And so they're just. If you have a bunch of them, you just bam, 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 bam. Oh yeah, that's smart. <laughs> You could have a whole episode on just like packing hacks. <laughs> Seriously. I just shipped a little paper airplane to Ohio to Bing. Hi, Bing. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't sure it was going to make it, but it did. It was fine. It was a double box and it was floating in the box. And we put some foam underneath the, the neon. I've had mixed success with that kind of thing. And it like super deter- depends on how far it's going, I feel. And if it's going a shorter distance and whether you're, uh, male person drop kicks it or not like that would be cool if they stopped doing that i'd really appreciate that absolutely ups please stop please stop doing that we know your job is hard seriously we're here but like please stop drop kicking our glass i did ship something to a friend of mine um friend of mine commissioned the thing to that it was it was really small just a word a unit and then i packed it I i thought i packed it very well i shipped it to vegas broke and then I did another one. I was like, I'll just, I'll just do another one. And I'll send it to you. Broke again. I packed it way better again still. But, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll somehow get it to you, but I'm not going to ship it again. But then a, another friend of mine in Portland, I made something. It was tiny, but it's very delicate. I made like a seven millimeter name for her kid with like all this other stuff. And I packed it about the same, made it there not without a problem. I also find the type of shipping too like I I did a couple where I did two days so it's just air like less maybe maybe fewer hands handling Mm -hmm. it I don't know yeah but then they're on like it's on a belt on an airplane you know it's like yeah like so yeah I mean it's always on a belt I guess yeah but the thing that okay so the thing that I think was my eureka moment for this this specific packing thing was that I usually use the the regular glass tube sports that are adjustable that don't have the wire on them because I just like I'm right, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I cut them down significantly um so that it wasn't as raised off of the substrate off of my plexiglass. And I feel like that 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 being closer to the plexiglass and also having foam underneath, I shoved some foam um, in between the neon tube and the back background probably made the difference. I've yet to have one arrive on the standoffs intact. I always, I only have success when I take it off the standoffs and pack them separately. Yeah. Agreed. I've had success shipping them on the standoff, but once the the one couple pieces that have broken, I have this then resent them an individual unit and then talk them through putting it back on the side. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I did a Zoom with a guy because I I did a, a llama like a pinata based on Fortnite, and we definitely had a like 70 minute call like it's okay here's where it's delicate here's where you can just shove it on and it's fine <laughs> everything's gonna be okay <laughs> support the electrode when you put the boot over it exactly yeah also i don't i think okay each of my find that's interesting he he didn't twist the gto onto the electrode tight enough and it started smoking through the boot and i was like hey buddy i'm pretty sure you've got an arc in there and he was like so scared. He's like, "What's happening?" He like ran over, unplugged it, and I was like, "No, no, no! Just, just take the boot off, twist it." And then, sure enough, they were detached. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. so that was my first official uh, fire arc fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I think this is a rite of passage." I don't know. At least I was here for it, and it didn't burn down his house. So that's Dude, cool. somebody I, I was talking to in Pittsburgh said they saw a guy who it was like siliconing his connections. What? The wires. Well, okay. I had to do a fix with that once. I don't know if you've ever learned that trick. So I had a really shit batch of electrodes where the 
the actual glass end was sharp. So if you twisted it, it would just cut the lead wire right off. So uh, one of our beloved people showed me how to basically wrap a piece of copper wire around the remaining like single whatever diameter millimeter silver wire it is and then silicone it to keep it together but not to silicone like connections that's pretty but i'm pretty sure silicone can ignite so that's what was crazy about it but i guess well i can melt at a temperature well we have to we should probably look that up yeah i mean it depends on the silicone because yeah yeah literally goes through silicone and that's fine if it's rated for high High temperatures, but right. um, but the, do you know the answer to this question? <laughs> right, uh, right, is that? <laughs> yeah, I because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what temperature it would uh, melt at or, or burn up, but it does. Here's a question. Maybe it maybe it pertains to that. But um, when you bombard and you have repairs, do you you scrape off all your silicone that's on there, or do you leave it? Like from I a skeletal sign? No, if, the, if you have a repair and there's silicone on it. Oh yeah, I'll scrape it off. Oh, scrape it, yeah. Scrape I it. try to scrape off as much paint as I can too. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, I mean, sometimes the paint is good for your for your lungs. But um, okay. You- <laughs> okay. Um, here's where here's where DJ draws the line. <laughs> do not try this at home. Do but, not smell silicone while I mean, so, I have left some of the silicone on here and there, and that like where it doesn't matter that much, and it doesn't. At least in the bombarding process, it doesn't. Uh, but okay. just to the glass, not to the wires, and it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. So, but um, I just try not to. It, it, it very close, you know, where you want to put mica, like I want to scrape it off and put the mica. Right. But I wouldn't advise to put silicone wire to wire. No, <laughs> so we, no. Yeah, we've all we've seen some. We've all seen some crazy weird stuff. Duct tape and glass. Duct tape. <laughs> Electrical tape. Enough, My alien so we- man will turn on. The weirdest thing that I've ever saw was like somebody put bricks inside a sign that was already really fucking heavy. <laughs> like that, everything else makes sense. Like I get the logic of a lot of really stupid repairs that I see, like on a surface level. I'm like, okay, I guess if you're a complete novice at everything, then this would make sense to you. But like the bricks thing doesn't never made sense to me because the sign already was like a metal can. It was like we have a um, chain of grocery stores down here called Harris Teeter. And a lot of them went out of business. I think like half of them went out of business like right around COVID when COVID hit. And a lot of them were retrofitted at some point in the 90s or the early 2000s with some pretty cool neon in like, the pro- it said produce or it said, uh, I remember the shop I used to work in, we had, it was frozen food is what it said, but it was a penguin and an iceberg. The iceberg was, they were oh, all made. They were that all sounds made. familiar. Yeah, they were all made to be, they looked like they were all made to be outdoor signs. Like, they were full cans with everything, like, with peanut housings, I think, most of them. And there was another one that said something else relating to food, dairy, I think, maybe. Um, But, yeah, there were bricks in there for some reason. It was hanging from the ceiling. Uh, Bricks inside of it, hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Love it. Love that. Yeah. I'll never forget that penguin. Aw. <laughs> well, speaking of ridiculous, can I ask you each a nonsensical question? Absolutely. Please. Okay. So you, you have you have two two directions you can go with this. Okay. So if I need to repeat it, I can repeat it. I feel like I'm reading a goosebumps book. Yeah, hell yeah, you are. I am a living goosebumps <laughs> book. I definitely, tangent, I definitely bought a bunch of Goosebumps books last October and then forgot about it. And I was looking through my books and I was like, oh, spooky season spooky is season. here. I'm going to read all these Goosebumps books that gave me nightmares as a child. I'm yes. very excited. But I digress. <laughs> Actually, it's not that different. Okay. If you had to choose for the rest of your life to either have a tail or a beak, which would you choose and what would the tail or beak be like? Whether that's an existing animal's tail or you can design it. Insert interlude music while we discuss our thoughts on ridiculousness. Hmm. 
Okay, when and you have yours, go. I have a question before yes. I figure out my answer. Um, is am I the rest of me the same? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll say probably a beak would be a problem. Okay. <laughs> That's a reference title. A beak would be a problem. Um, I don't know what the advantages would be to either, really, but a beak would, would be <laughs> a problem more so than a tail. And so I'm gonna go with a tail. Okay. Yeah, and I think um more like a like a like an like a snake tail or oh you know what maybe maybe a rattlesnake. A rattler. You just have a rattle, Ooh. a permanent butt rattle. I'm just gonna dance with it. You can just like pit, like pit, when you get pissed off, people will know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. Your boss comes in and you're like. I pick. So I, I this is topical because I'm at the beach right now. I because of my constant lack of pockets in my life. I choose a pelican beak because Ooh, <laughs> I was yes. Curious. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I need more space to keep my shit. <laughs> it's like that meme that's like women have been deprived of pockets for so long. And it shows a picture of this woman holding like five things in one hand and then like three hanging. And they're like, every woman can do this. They have been deprived of pockets for so long that they can carry like an entire bag load in a single hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I see, I feel very seen by that. Yeah. I'm really happy okay. that the like bicycle bag fanny packs are back in because uh, they like, it's, it's so much better than a purse. <laughs> so many ways. Fanny packs are great install kits. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep all your yeah, tools I- right there. I found this cute little, it's like a, it's like a, I think it was an electrician thingy. I don't know what they're called, but it's like a canvas little bag, but it's circular and it has like this cute little uh, rope top and these little tiny. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. They use those in bucket trucks a lot. Yeah. So it just hangs, like I have a, a carabiner on it and I just put all my tools in it and take it up, you know, the top of the ladder and they can stay up there with me. It's great. I love that thing. That's cool. Mm. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Allison, what do you choose? Yeah. Okay. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you will <laughs> have discovered that I'm obsessed with noses. Like mm. I love noses. I think they're super fascinating. Most everybody has one. And a lot of people are self Yes, pick it. Pick it. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people are self-conscious if they have a big nose, which I say bullshit. I think the bigger the snoot, the cooler and better and hotter. So I'm very weird on that topic and that's fine. So I choose a beak and I think I would choose like a toucan snout. It would be like gigantic. I could hide things in it because it's like so huge. Yeah. And you but can break I- shit open. Exactly. And then yeah. I could like, you know, decorate it because it just wouldn't yeah. adorn everything around me. And then it's already, con- it could be colorful a little bit, just how it grew in. I'm mm-hmm. not suggesting that everything we chose has to grow in. Like that's kind of going a dark path here. But mm-hmm. it, if it were up to appear, it could have some cool <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, my, my, be- my beak's not there yet. It's it's getting there. It's almost it's there. Good. I like it. I like Animorphs. it. I also feel I always feel bad because I never want someone to feel self-conscious. Like, but I, I want to compliment noses every single day. I just want to like tell a stranger how much I love their nose, but I don't want them to think <laughs> I'm making fun of them. Cause like if you feel self-conscious about it, I don't want to like bring it up. I want them to know that I'm authentically obsessed with their nose. So maybe it sounds like you should print out a pamphlet. <laughs> So that when you say it, you can give it to people and walk away. No, seriously. You explain you yourself go. and you're just like, no, really, seriously, read this. And it's like, the person's like, did I just, did, is this a religion? <laughs> Join my nose cult. <laughs> There's definitely, that's a Douglas Adams thing in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you have, Nick, do you have a favorite, like, person in the neon world that you follow that you'd like to plug their work? Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. I like everybody's work so much. Oh, shut up! Yeah, come on. Be more, de- be more divisive. Jeez. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I will have to say. I mean, you can't go wrong with Letitia's work. I love her work so much. Uh, right? Yes. I love her so much. Yeah. <gasps> Did you see the little truck that she made to hide all of the little transformers? 
Mm. No. No. I think it might be on our stories from yesterday and it's adorable. She made a little like wooden truck and she's gonna, and, and it's actually a great plan because she has a solo show at Mona opening in a week or so. Oh, good. Oh, good for her. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. We love you, Tisa. Oh, I can't, I, I wish I could go to that. So much specific, like great style and mm-hmm. so much good craft work goes. And that, that last show she had where she did all of those like uh, ravens where she like custom cut the tiny acrylic pieces for their wings. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. And the moons that she makes are, yeah, I want one. And she made the plexiglass vendor that I put on the internet. So we're plexiglass bender buddies now. We both have the same plexiglass bender. <laughs> oh, she she made that? Yeah, so it's it's a design that I used when I was at glass and I made a video uh, like a year ago and she was like, where do you get the what was it? The Volt the very arc uh part of it. And I'd like send her on an eBay. I think I sent her out to eBay. But um yeah, they're pretty easy to build. That's cool. I'll have to keep that in mind because I'm putting my, I'm officially putting my workshop together. <gasps> but it, it's because it, I'm, and I'm starting from scratch. Like, well, I mean, I have all the tools, but it's got such a weird thing because you're like, all right, well, before I do this and this, I have to put my chop saw together and the tables. I yep. need the chop saw to build these other things. And then I need my table <laughs> saw to cut the other things before I get the chop and the tables. And then before I get, get this, I need those tables. Yeah. So I got to get these steps in. I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. Yeah, it's a lot of woodwork. <laughs> oh, and then get this. So my wife and I bought a house in August. And um, Congrats. so, but thank you very much. And so in the basement, uh, I have to have power. And there are outlets, but it's an old house, older house, not, I mean, 1950s, but it has um, no GFI. (laughs) I have to have have everything put in. I have to get a 60 or 200 amp upgrade. It's a whole mess. So that's fun. And oh, also our gas meter is in our basement. Ooh. It needs to be outside. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that is not ideal for them checking your meter how did they they just like walked into their house in the past to read the meter no idea <laughs> no or idea. it was just like honor system you like told them the number when they <laughs> i don't or you schedule and you got to be there and be like here it is <laughs> that's amazing well one of the things that have brought us all together in addition to our cool artwork is the neon guild so we are all on the, I mean, I call it the leadership team. We're working towards being a nonprofit. So it was just kind of a cool crew with leadership roles. So DJ is the secretary and the treasurer and Nick is a cool board member. <laughs> Auxiliary yep. board member. Auxiliary <laughs> at large. You're a board member <laughs> at large. Yeah, yeah. But we want to tell all you cool listeners about it because those of you who are getting into it into making neon we'd love to have you as well as those who are more seasoned neon makers it's been a cool community i don't know do you want to speak to like your favorite components so far or your favorite thing we're about to do well i think um if i if i may i'll talk about so um i i haven't been on there in maybe a week uh shame shame but i have (laughs) uh, but i i I be i mean there's so this besides the social media you know we do have we have the we have the forums and we have the resources and just anything you can get and we're constantly building it so it's not like it's new but it's still like even uh, even all of us have got gone back and gone oh i need this information we go back to the resources we ask each other questions or we ask the other members and we say hey oh i was thinking of this it's just it's so great there's it's endless possibilities and then um and then so eventually we'll be doing like some how like eve i know and i want to eventually do that too i doing some how-to um videos uh, even mm-hmm. like i was thinking about doing adding some adding some posts about building the workshop up yes like, from scratch i'm going to do that and but also we're going to be doing some t-shirts very very soon and then we're going to be designing some some other stuff when i get my my um slop sink in and i can print them myself we want to get everything done all at once everybody i don't know about you guys but i'm always like let's get it done but yeah <laughs> things take time and i get that 
Yeah, we're working on the schedule of content now. We currently have 40-ish members, maybe a little bit more now. And um, yeah, we can't wait. I think we're working on our first, Eve right now is working on our first regional meetup around in, in and around Philadelphia area. And uh, hopefully we'll do a more wide scale meetup next year. That's the goal. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was always told that an international sign association would help hold these baller parties in Vegas and all the neon vendors would go and get drunk and, and like band glass and, and teach <laughs> each other stuff. And, and I felt really ripped off. That Agreed. I Same. Didn't live in that time. I know. Line. I know. So, yeah, rude. Time. Rude. Rude. So rude. Rude. Hey, we live. We still live in the A time. Let's do it. <laughs> we still live in the A time. Wait, Vegas I think we should not, do Vegas. Yeah. yeah, Vegas has not engulfed in flames yet, so it's there's still time. That's later. I would like to bring. I mean, every. I, I know you got. We're all in different parts of the country, literally, um, mm -hmm. opposite parts. But um, and there's not a lot of people in in my area, New England. But I'd love to maybe like in a summertime. It. It. Um, maybe like June or to August or something next year or something, have something down here. Maybe I contact like a local glass place and, and I have like Robert or my, I'll, I want to build a, a traveling betting mm. station to have something there. So, and then we can go to the beach on the East coast. That'd be amazing. Yes. Come hang out. Also, we have really exciting new news that the guild will be presenting at the 2023 gas conference, glass art society conference in Detroit, Michigan on June 7th to the 10th. So that's plenty of time. You don't have an excuse, book a ticket, get on a donkey, walk there, whatever you can do. <laughs> Clydesdale. Clydesdale. Those are beautiful horses. Take a train. They go on right train. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pretend like America's train system isn't really depressing. <laughs> Take a train. <laughs> Enjoy your 22 days to get from oh. Seattle to Detroit on a train. Ooh, it takes two days to go from North Carolina to Delaware on a train. <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, I digress. I love our digressions. It makes us who we are, I feel. Nick, do you have anything else you'd like us to to go over? Did you want to plug anything? Um, yeah, do I have a show coming up? Uh, well, I'm in a few juried shows right now where I won first place in one of them. Congrats! Congrats. Um, thank you. Um, it was a text show. You know, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun. It's, I was at the Pawtucket Arts Collaborative in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And then I'm in a window show, um, like a Windows in Pawtucket, uh, for a year until next August, I believe. But I don't have anything else coming up right now. Um, I'm just working on getting my shop set up and and hope, and I get getting our nursery ready for December. Congrats. Congratulations. Little baby. You're gonna have child labor in no time flat. Child what? Labor. I was, I was like, <laughs> another neon bender. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You gotta use the tiny hands, the fabricator. Just get get them, get them into like the fabrication world. It'll be great. Once it can hold a flashlight, it'll be all over. Yeah. <laughs> Put a headlamp on the baby and like sit it in one of those chairs. Oh yeah, we already thought of so many like Halloween costumes. She's at the per perfect size for it. Like it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. We are going to. This isn't really like my thing, but I, I want. It's a really cool event that I've always wanted to go to in Providence. Um, DJ, I think at least uh, you'll both love this, but I think DJ would definitely uh, appreciate it. Is the Steel Yard in Providence is doing an annual Halloween iron pour. Cool. And everything on the 22nd. That's awesome. That's going to be fun. That's really interesting because my ECU did a Halloween iron pour. I wonder if that's a thing in the iron pour world. It's like, it's Maybe. cold enough to pour iron. Let's pour iron. Yeah, it's going to be hot as hell. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, it was always really fun to go to the iron pours around Halloween. Um, and, it, and it was usually at nighttime too, which was really cool because you could see all the bright, the bright color of the, yeah, this the molten, like molten metal. Four, four to nine, I think. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Love an iron pour. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on our 
show. Yeah. Nick, it's been so Thanks much for having me. I, yeah, it was great. It's great being here and just shooting the poo. Shooting <laughs> the poo poo people. <laughs> we do not endorse <laughs> shooting anyone, no matter how poo poo they may be. But we might take you to the tar pits. Well, thanks, Nick. This was great. And uh, we're glad we get to hang out with you digitally some more for the guild. So join the guild, check out Nick's work, and uh, send him some good vibes to get us yeah. shop set up, have a little baby come into the world. Yeah, you know, we're only a million things. things. You know. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anytime. Well, here at Neon Nonsense, we're very excited to announce we have a new sponsor. We want to thank FMS Sign Products. For those of you who are not familiar with FMS, we love them. They are a neon supplier. They sell oodles of things, things like glass, standoffs, blackout paint, so many wonderful products. And I just wanted to share my own experience with them because I'm very grateful for FMS. They sell the black and gray stays on blockout paint by The Pale, which is a five gallon bucket. And it's wonderful. We recently made our first dip tank experience at my studio. So it's been lovely to have a whole pail to deal with instead of having to buy individual quarts and dumping them into our dip tank so thank you fms and go to fms for all of your neon needs and end credits we did it, we did it. <laughs> <laughs>